Big Al, Jared Scally here, of course, onto the on Twitter at Into the Triangle Pod. Jared's back! Hi, Yay! Jared's back! Good to have you back, bud. We missed you last week. Man, can, we, can we just mute him? I'll just do a solo show. Irritating prick. Nah, just kidding. I love Big Al. <laughs> Go rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes to hear that voice all the time. Yeah, I'm back. They did. They dealt with it without me. I did the interview, which is the most important part anyway. Last week, so. This week, with no interview, no guest, sad. Uh, but we're talking. Me and Al are here. Uh, Liam behind the glass, hitting the right buttons, making sure we sound pretty and beautiful all the time. Al, it sounds like you missed me a little bit. I did. You know, it's it was nice to have Liam, obviously, to talk Red Sox with. But it just didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like the three amigos were together, obviously, because we were missing one. So I was glad to, you know, we we're glad to have you back. And uh, let's talk some socks. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts over these past couple of weeks. How's your... How's your uh, Memorial Day, by the way? We talked a little bit about it. Didn't make this the show, but uh, how was it? Memorial Day was good. Got some yard work done because I'm an adult, and that's what I do now. Uh, got to go golfing. Had some cookouts to go to. So it was a busy three days, but it was fun. What about so, you, Al? While we're preaching about Memorial Day, what did you do? Uh, not much. Hung out with the family. Uh, I'm actually no, not for once. I actually had a day off. It was amazing. Uh, just spent time with the family, went out to eat, and then I think we uh, there was there was some game on. I forget what game we were watching. Might be the Red Sox game. We all watched the Red Sox game together, so it was good. Good time to uh, spend time with family. Family moment, watching the Red Sox together and watching them suck. Oh, <laughs> Big Al. Oh. <laughs> you got hey, the I'm, touchy feelings with the family moment. Oh, I'm a, I'm a family man. Something you probably don't know anything about. It's okay, though. Hello, there's a ring on my left finger. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's you, the wife, and the dog. That's all it is right now. It's a family. You got got to expand a little more, Jared. A couple years. Oh, my God. Liam, we're going to be calling him Papa Jared. We're going to be calling him Papa Jared on this show pretty soon. Wow. Okay, can we just talk Red Sox and stop talking about you being a father, please? For love of God. Papa J and the squad coming at you into the Triangle podcast. God. What are your nicknames? If I'm called Papa J, what do you guys become? Papa J and the Crazy Uncles into the Triangle Podcast. Papa Jason. Jesus, let's let's get into the Red Sox. Jared, what's the first topic we got on uh, on the agenda for tonight? Way too positive. So we're going to go negative and talk about Eduardo Nunez because he wanted to talk about him. Um, and we're going to talk about David Price, too. I promise we won't talk about me being a father anymore. Uh, we're going to talk about David Price because he's the only good thing going for the Red Sox right now. And we're going to talk about the bullpen because everyone else is, too. And it's the reason why they're losing. So we'll get to the big topics. But I do want to start with Eduardo Nunez because pre-show, we're sitting here. Liam's checking the levels, doing his producer shit. And we're, we're trying to figure out what we want to talk about. And I, I give you an option. I'd let you choose the topic out, which I don't do all the time. He does, and I, say, and, and I appreciated it. And I say, what do you want to talk about? What, do you, what does Big Al want to do? And he goes, oh, I want to shit on Eduardo Nunez. I'm like, great, let's do it. That's it, right up my alley. Why don't you tell me what you're frustrated about? Then I'm going to give you a stats, and it's probably going to coexist together well. But give me your frustrations about why you wanted to talk about Eddie Nunez so badly. It just seems like with Nunez that every time he's in some sort of big situation, he folds. And what I mean by he folds is it's just – he doesn't 
make the right plays. He doesn't make a play when it needs to be made, especially in the field. Everybody jokes on Twitter about how bad he is in the field. He gets picked off second base by Gary Sanchez the other night, killing any momentum the Red Sox have. Granted, he got a couple hits in the Sunday you know, finale, but it, it just seems like every time this guy needs to step up in a big way, he doesn't come through. And it seems like last year he was actually able to come through and make a play for them. And it's just so tiring to watch, especially when you have guys like Brock Holt and Michael Chavis to fill those kind of spots. Obviously, you have Devers at third. So it's just, what's the need for this guy? If you want to keep him for speed, if his knee's holding up, fine. But other than that, he's he's wasting a spot on the big league club. So I don't know. I, I've had enough of him. I think he can go. He has 12 RBIs this season. whoop de doo Hitting 219, 240, 240 OBP. Uh, has he hit a home run yet this year? That's a question. He's hit one. Okay. He's yeah, I was, was going to say, I thought I remembered one. He's hit one, one dinger, struck out 16 times, case in point. He's been with us for a few years now. Helped us win a World Series. Big part of that World Series, too. Case in point. Oh, yeah. Um, I agree with you in the sense of – you know, maybe it's time to cut bait or maybe, maybe you figure it out where he can stay on the team but not have a role and not really play um, and, and make sure he knows he's not going to play. Um, because I, I think there's value coming from him because I think he does send a great message to the players. I think the players like him and they look up to him. And I think he was a big reason why the young guys flourish so well in winning the World Series and having one of the best teams ever in league history is the guys like Eddie Nunez who can help, again, you know, keep the young guys at bay and help them produce. Now, I don't know what's happening this year, if that even matters, because right now it's just nothing's happening well. Um, but you look at Eddie Nunez, and I think his on-the-field time for the Red Sox need to be needs to be diminished further and further. One, because you have Michael Chavis, um, who should never be on the bench, ever, 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 ever. And two, Which he, he's not going to be at this no. point. There's no way he's sitting. The, no, I mean, or is going to find a spot for him anywhere. I mean, you look at it, he's playing first base, he's – Winning, you know, he's on pace for rookie of the year. He's having, he was one of the rookie of the months. Like he, he, yep. he can play. Um, so he's not sitting down. You still have Brock Holt now. Like there's just no place for Eddie Nunez to be on the field unless it's really needed or someone just really needs a day off. Um, so I think that's going to be w- where it needs to stick. But I think we have bigger issues than Eddie Nunez. I do because, yeah, he's playing here and there. But I mean, the bullpen, come on. The bullpen is the biggest issue with this team. And I won't jump into that right now. We're going to switch over to David Price because, Eddie, I like to end with a little bit of negativity to keep you going here, to keep you fueled into next week. So we'll we'll talk about the bullpen and what I think about that in a second. But I do want to talk about David Price because this Yankee series is a great example. Red Sox, four-game set, ends up being a three-game set with the Yankees because of the rain out. Um, I agree with Jack Carabas. The series is not over, so you have not lost that series yet. Um, <laughs> t- talk to me in August. But Red Sox avoid the mini three-game sweep there because David Price comes in on Sunday Night Baseball in Yankee Stadium. Two years ago, I would have went, huh, chalked that up as a loss. Are you kidding me? Guy couldn't walk into Yankee Stadium without letting up like 10 runs. David Price was lights out in Yankee Stadium on Sunday Night Baseball, prime time. Was your stopper. No problems, no questions asked. Painting the quarters, hitting his spots. He's been doing it all year. Um, he's making a massive case to even start the All-Star game. Never mind at least make the All-Star team right now when that time comes, which is relatively soon, guys. We're in June. We're in June, Big Al. Um, and the Red Sox are yep. sucking, so that's not a good sign. But nope. David Price, 
honestly, uh, right now is really one of my few bright spots of this entire Red Sox team. He has to be. I mean, the way that you can think about it is, like you said, Jared, he's a stopper. He goes out, he ends skids, he gives you quality starts, and he pitches deep into ball games. That's what's helping this Red Sox team, especially last night against the Yankees. Everybody knows the story about Price. He had the horrible game two ALDS start last postseason against the Yankees, and everyone's like, oh, David Price, he gets owned by the Yankees. David Price went out there, and and I even thought before the game, I'm like, okay, Yankees are probably going to sweep. David Price gets owned by this Yankees team, no matter who's hitting in that lineup. Yep. Then he goes out, and he gives up two runs in seven innings. Mm-hmm. And the, and I don't know if you noticed this, Jared. I don't know if you were watching, but his changeup last night was on. His changeup was darting down the zone. He was getting a lot of swings and misses on it, which complements, obviously, Price's fastball and his cutter, which are probably his two best pitches. And he even said, and others have said it too, I think it was Jason Mastrodonato, if I'm saying that name right, or Mastronato, yeah. he wrote an article on it. It was the same thing. David Price's changeup has been the reason why he's turned it around from the postseason into his start of 2019. And it showed again last night against the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees were without Judge, Stanton, Gregorius. They're big hitters, and yet, but they're still winning games. So to go out there and just continue to shove every single start is just a great sign. It's a great sign, and one of the few bright spots, like you said, on this Red Sox team that, yes, has sucked lately. David Price going to Yankee Stadium, like I said, would not have been someone that I would have expected to, in the last couple of years, be be successful in that situation. And now, like you said, we're into June, right? And that he's one of the few bright spots left on this team. Like, and now we've we've been touching on it week after week. Team gets hot. We, I mean, we bitched about him so much early, obviously because they were terrible. Then they're starting to figure it out. There are a couple games without a first place, and they're like, okay, they're right in the ship. They'll be right there. And now they're what ten games back of the Yankees in first place because they couldn't get out of their own way and beat them. And now. They're struggling. They have no help in the bullpen without any sight coming. The Yankees are getting healthier. There's a strong possibility the Yankees are going to sign Dallas Keuchel um, in the upcoming days here, because that and that's a possibility. That's, that, that's, just what the, that's just what the Red Sox need. Yeah, go out and sign the best free agent pitcher on the market. Jeez. Continue. I'm, I'm giving that a 95% chance because there, he's already agreed that he will shave his beard to play for the Yankees. So There you have it. They have it. He's playing for the Yankees. He'll be in pinstripes in like two hours, uh, and we'll have a live video of him shaving the beard to become a New York Yankee. And if they sign Dallas Keiko, you might as well put them in the World Series at that point uh, because that that's it. That's done. So what is this Red Sox team now? What are you going to do? Because now we have to start thinking about the future. David Price is a part of it. Chris Sale is a part of it. Sander Bogarts is a part of it. But you don't have any youth. You don't have any bullpen help right now. You don't have any starting help. Maybe you still look at trading Chavis. I know it's getting more and more unlikely because he's the way he's playing. Um, and I know we've had this conversation already, but you know, at some point, what if it were at the deadline, Alan? We're sitting here talking about David Price is still as the only highlight of the season, besides like Rafael Devers' bat. At what point do you give up on these guys and just you know say, well, let's reboot next year, let's get some youth in the system and play it out? You start to look at that situation, Jared, after the stretch of games that the Red Sox have. So let me just tell you a little bit about their upcoming schedule. They have three games at Kansas City. They have four at home against Tampa Bay. Now, granted, obviously Tampa is fighting for supremacy in the American League East. And with that pitching staff we talked about in the past. But I like the Red Sox at home. You know 
how much better they hit at home. You know that for a fact. And then after that, you got four home games against the Rangers, three in Baltimore before you go to Minnesota. And Minnesota, yes, they've had a hot start to the season. But honestly, it's still just, I think after the stretch of games, if they're playing 500 or below 500, then I'll join you and probably say, yeah, it's probably time to think about the future, time to get rid of a guy like Porcello, who's in the final year of his deal, and all that jazz. So hopefully the stretch of games will prove us wrong. But the way the Red Sox are playing, who knows what's going to happen. They could be playing 500. Red Sox are eight and a half games out of first place. Uh, Tampa Bay's two and a half out of first place. Minnesota Twins are on a scorcher. They're playing well. Um, you look at the wild card situation right now. Red Sox are one game out of the second wild card spot. So realistically, like I, I'm, I'm shitting on them, but like they're still in a much good spot, much like successful spot to make the playoffs. Like they're not season over, like Bobby Valentine days. We're gonna just stop playing in May and look for next year. We're not there yet um, because the team is behind them. Oakland, Chicago, White Sox are two games back. Like. I would believe the Red Sox are going to at least get a shot to play the wild card. And it wouldn't surprise me if three teams from the AL East made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Because that's where this division is going right now. Um, but the biggest thing that they need to figure out and they need to figure out, figure it out fast is this bullpen. Um, right now, the only guy I really trust to hand a ball in any crucial situation is really Matt Barnes. Um, and even then, you know, I don't really want him to be my closer. I want, like, and this is in spirit of, you know, Koji retiring. I want someone who you can just trust to go in there, lock down that ninth inning, play Sandstorm running, get your chills going, get the graphics going, get the boys amped up, get the crowd going, get the girls' shirts flying everywhere, and let's get this game wrapped up in, in, at Fenway Park. We don't have that right now. What girl in, in their right mind is taking off their shirt for Matt Barnes? Nobody. Shirts are going on for Matt Barnes. Big Al, not coming off. Do you let me ask you something? Do you really, really believe that Matt Barnes is the one guy in this bullpen that you can actually trust? Yes, 100%. So here's my thing with Matt Barnes when Matt Barnes is off, like there is no saving him, there's no finding him. But is he really, but he hasn't really been off this year that much? Like, no, no, he has. He well, compared to everybody else, yes, the Red Sox. Depends a dumpster fire. We know that. But Barnes has had his instances, maybe not this particular season so far, but his track record in the past, it's the same thing. And if you're a big league team, you have to think it's the same thing. If you lay off his fastball at your face, which teams have done in the past, and the curveball most of the time for him goes in the dirt, you're not you're not going to get – if Barnes isn't getting swings and misses on those pitches, then he's in trouble. And that's when I say I don't trust him. Now, granted, he hasn't done it much this season, but still, there's just that piece with Barnes and just seeing that repeatedly in the past that just it, it, it cringes me a little bit. It just makes me cringe in my skin. I want I want Ricky Vaughn to close with this team. Skull glasses. He he yeah. has to have he has to have the glasses. He cannot or contacts, but mainly the glasses. No, I want skull glasses, spitting. I want Parkman, Ricky Vaughn. To close for this team. That's what I want. That's what we need. That's what this team needs. You don't have that. And look, I'm sitting here telling you I trust Matt Barnes. I trust him in the eighth inning. Don't want him in the ninth. Okay. Okay. We can we can agree on that. I'll take Matt Barnes in the eighth. That's fine. Like Matt Barnes is a, is like the ideal eighth inning guy. You trust yes. him. Most nights he's gonna get the job done. And if he doesn't, you know what? You have another inning. So you can get through it. Um, I don't want him with the ball in his hands in a playoff game. I don't want him at the end of the game. And he might be fine. 
But I want that lockdown stud closer. I think it's so important to be a, be a World Series team. As much as he was had his moments last year, you don't win last year without Craig Kimbrell. You don't. And that's the guy that the Red Sox should have kept. I don't care if you have to dish out a little bit of money for him to give him a two-year deal. You need that guy to close games because now it's coming back to bite you in the ass. Because think about now last you- year too, Al. Even all the questions were, how are we getting to Kimbrell? That was it. It wasn't a, we need a closer. Who are we giving the ball to? It's a, it was, how do we get to Clay Kimbrell? Who's the bridge to Kimbrell? Exactly. Wow, that was kind of cool. But anyways, the thing is, exactly, Jared. That was the thing last year. You needed to get to Kimbrell. That was the whole thing. You would hope last year that like Chris Sale and David Price would go seven innings and then you can give the ball to a Brazier or last year, Joe Kelly, you know, granted when he wasn't having an 8.83 ERA in a particular month, but you were hoping you could get to Kimbrell in the ninth so that way you can just shut it down. It was ball game. I would rather Craig Kimbrell be in there and give me the heart attacks that he did during the postseason last year as opposed to doing this closer by committee BS and trying to win games that way because you're going to get yourself bitten in the ass more often than not. Yeah, and, and you look at the closer situation too. It's, it's the idea that Dombrowski's okay with it. Like, and, Al, and like after the last couple games now, Alex Cora keeps getting asked. Uh, and I forget which game it was in particular last week that he was asked about it. Um, oh, it was the game after they, they choked away the lead in the ninth inning. That's what it was. They let up like seven runs. Um, Cora asked him. They were asked. Cora got asked, you know, like, what what's the deal here? Like, when do you guys figure this out? And they're like, no, we like where we're at. Like, oh, we like the guys in the bullpen. And, and he fed us that horse shit. And I'm like, dude. Right, right. But, what, but, what else, but what else can he say, Jared? What else is he going to say in that situation? Our friggin' owner didn't go out and get us a closer. I get what you're saying, though. But again, what is Alex Cora going to say in that situation? I want someone to take accountability. I I don't care if they're. I don't want them to be. I don't think they're going to ever come out and say, you know, we fucked up. They're not going to say that. No. But I, I want them to come out and just be like, you know what? Like right now, the guys that we're putting out there aren't getting the job done. Um, and and maybe we do need to really evaluate. But right now, the guys that we have are what we have, and we need to figure out a way to win with the one the arms that we're putting on the mound. Like that kind of statement, right? Telling you know the guys in the bullpen suck. We have to figure it out until something happens. Is, is really what that kind of statement tells me. No one's going to ever directly say it unless you're Bobby Valentine when you're in a losing season. Like, no one's going to directly tell you, yeah, you know what? These guys suck. They're not good. Like, that's what we're here for. We're here to tell the world that they suck if you're not watching. So I want some sort of statement from Cora, Dombrowski, whatever it may be, probably Cora, to just be like, you know what? We don't necessarily trust everybody or, like, we don't necessarily believe in everybody, but, you know, these guys – I have to get the job done. These guys have to pitch better right now, and they're struggling, and that's what I want to hear from them. Who's the closer from uh, – you've seen the movie Little Big League, right? Little Big League. Have you seen that where the kid's the manager, the 11-year-old kid's the manager for the Minnesota Twins? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, you know that closer where he has the uh, like the easy button on his, uh, on his glove that he just pushes down repeatedly? Yes. I don't know if you remember that. That's yes. what I want as my closer because he oh. just threw frames. He threw absolute cheese in that movie. I agree. give me that guy as opposed to the, whoever the Red Sox are going to have right now. What was the um, that movie with the Cubs? Henry Rowengardner? Rookie of the year. Henry Rowengardner. Can we get Henry as our, can we get him as our closer? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we just need him to break his arm again wherever he is. That's fine, dude. That's fine. He's not a childhood. He can just compose the Boston Red Sox. It's okay. Yeah, there you go. Make millions of dollars. You don't need to act. Just you know, pitch again. That's all. That's what, that's what you should do for next week. Get like a fantasy list going of who we really want to close. Fake or real people, and we'll just figure it out. Like 
Who would how about, want how about Jimmy Morris? Who wouldn't want like Gandhi to close to the Red Sox? Gandhi. <laughs> like all all immortal powers. Like let's let Gandhi throw a baseball. He can probably throw a baseball, right? Barack Obama. <laughs> let's get Barack Obama out on the mound. George W. Bush. George W. Bush. I'd be a good honorous father. He threw a World Series ring. That's a great story. I'd love to hear dude, that. Dude, he threw an absolute, absolute perfect strike when he was at Yankee Stadium. It was great. What about like Winnie the Pooh? Even? Like get some kids involved. Bring people to the stadium. All right, all right, all right. All right. Now we're getting a little too exaggerated. Let, let's calm over down there. I'm let's, not, let's calm I'm down. Not, let's, because that's how bad the situation is. Anyone can close. Real. I'll go close. I can strike Al. I can probably strike some major. Oh my. All right. All right. So no, no, no. For the, for the viewers out there, we have a little challenge, a little side wager that Jared Scally and I have always talked about. So Jared over here claims that he is a high school – he was a high school stud as a pitcher. Never said stud. I just said I could throw – No, you said stud. I remember you said stud. And I, and I was a pretty good high school player. was fortunate enough to sit the bench in D3 college. So we've always had this little thing back and forth of – who could who could win if he was pitching and I was hitting? So that's where this, the context comes from. If you hear us reference it in future episodes, just go with it. Just go with it. And for the record, I would hit off Jared. Moving on. Moving on. Al would get struck out by me. <laughs> oh, Jared, I knew I missed you for a reason, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord hey we're talking about everything tonight we got me uh, and we got we got uh papa and the young, crazy uncles on into the we're, we're talking winning, winning the pool closing for the red sox even some past presidents we're talking a little uh scally nahigian showdown like we got everything tonight we got a little bit of everything we got a little bit of everything we so, just need we just need liam to go off the rails and you know we got a complete show liam man liam behind the glass doing his thing um okay one last thing i want to talk about and, and if you want to add topics, you can. You can surprise me with something. Al, you like to you like surprises. But one guy that I really do want to talk about is is Jackie Bradley Jr. Because this guy oh, to me, this guy to me, um, I I'm I think I'm on the camp still where I I want him on this team long term. And and I've seen some things out there saying like you know like is he necessarily the right fit? Like wouldn't he be the one you trade at the deadline to get help? Some so on and so forth. I don't necessarily believe in that because I also want to call people hypocrites. If you're willing to trade Jackie Bradley for help, then you should be willing to trade Michael Chavis for help because it's literally the same thing on a, as a 180. One can play defense, one can hit, hit the ball, crap out of the ball, and then they're okay at the other things. Like if you're okay with trading Jackie Bradley Jr. out of the outfield to get help, then you should be okay to unclogging the logjam that is the infield to trade Michael Chavis and get some pitching help. Like it's the same thing. If you if you are okay with trading one or the other, you're okay with trading both, and that's just the way it is. I still want Jackie Bradley on this team. I still want Michael Chavis on this team. I don't think you're going to fix your farm system this year. This team needs to figure it out. Well, you're going to call me a hypocrite because I disagree. I want Jackie Bradley out of here because you know what? I love Jackie Bradley in the outfield. Obviously, he's made some you know Sports Center top ten catches throughout his career as a Red Sox. He has a great arm in the outfield, but guess what? You can just move a guy like Andrew Benintendi or Mookie Betts to center field. You can slide J.D. Martinez in one of those other spots, yeah. and your outfield oh, is oh, fine. Oh, oh, yes, no. Jared, you, do you want a guy in there that's going to hit 190 and be pretty much an automatic guy? guy? Who, like, do you want J.D. Martinez in the outfield who has a bad back and all he wants to do is hit now? Like, I understand he I, wants, he, No. 
I would I would rather the guy hit. I'd rather the guy with a little bit of a bad back that I still know can play outfield and is still going to drive in runs for you as opposed to the guy that might be fully healthy but can't hit his way out of a paper bag and he can't hit his weight. Every time he comes up with runners in scoring position or a big situation, everybody knows or everyone at least is thinking this guy is going to strike out or ground out to second base. And sure enough, what does he do? Strike out or grounds out to second base every time. He's hitting 190 right now. Look, and it, I'm – I'm not saying that, like, I wouldn't be okay with both of them. Like, I'm just saying that if you're if you're okay with one of them being traded, you should be okay with the other and not have a complete rant about it. Like, because if you're okay with trading Jackie because he can't play at the plate, then same reason goes for Chavis in the, in the field. Like, Chavis isn't good enough in the field to justify it. Like, he's fine. Like, he's learning it. But that's how I feel about Jackie Bradley at the plate. He gets on his streaks off, off and on. He's fine at the plate. It is what it is. You deal with it because the plays he makes in the outfield and the ground he covers in the outfield is absolutely insane. One of the best defensive players I've ever watched play the outfield ever. And, and, and I, I, like I said, I agree. He's very, 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 very good defensively. Like I can't stress how good he is defensively. I get that. I understand that. And I respect that. But the thing is, when you have a guy at the plate who's hitting 190 and is striking out 55 times out of 168 at bats, that if, for those of you that want to do basic math, that's one strikeout out of every three at bats. And it's not like the extra, you know, the extra base hits are there either. Nine doubles, four home runs, 32 hits. Like he's not hitting for much power either. So the thing is, I, I get what you're saying about Chavis as far as if you want to trade Bradley, then you should be okay with trading Chavis. I like Chavis's bat, but would I trade him for something that could potentially help this year or the long term? If it's the right deal, yes. But if we're, if the Red Sox are not going to get much for him, then no, I'd rather keep Chavis and get rid of Bradley. I think right now you probably get more for Chavis, to be honest. You, you, um, I, I agree because obviously he was just – you know, AL Rookie of the Month, he's shown it at the plate. Yes, 100%. Yeah, you you get more for Chavis and because there's a lot more upside. I think at this point, the league knows what Jackie Bradley is. For better or for worse, I think the league knows what Jackie Bradley is. But I think there's also a team out there that would overpay for Jackie because of the defense. Like, there are teams out there that would take Jackie as a corner scum and center fielder and, and figure it out and maybe think, you know what? We've seen him have hot spurts. Maybe we can be the team that figures it out. Maybe we can be the team that has something to give him at the plate. You know, there are definitely teams out there that are desperate enough to do that. So maybe maybe we can trade him to the White Sox and get that kid uh, Giolito or whatever that has like a sub two ERA in his last eight starts. That'd be good. Take. I mean, you, I'd trade both of them if we can get that kid. God. Um, oh, look, I, I look at this team and, and and I look at Jackie Bradley and go, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable where they're at. I don't think they need to trade either of those guys to get the bullpen help they need. Um, because come deadline, just like last year, there will be teams on a fire sale to drop guys for a very low price. And I think you have enough okay prospects, maybe with one guy in the league. Maybe you trade Nunez, maybe you don't. But I think there's a way that you can get the bullpen help you need. I mean, signing Kimber would be ideal, but that won't happen. Yeah. Getting bu- the bullpen help that you need without trading Bradley or Chavis, because I think they want those guys as the core. Um, my point is just that you should be okay with both of them on the team, or you should be okay with them trading both if if you're on one side or the other with both of those guys, because they're basically the same situation, really only as a 180 of each other. Okay, we can we can agree to disagree on that one. I personally, me, I would 
want to keep Chavis because of his bat, and you can mold him into whatever position you want. Obviously, he's done an adequate job at second base and having one of the best second baseman Red Sox history as your mentor, helping you out. And I would maybe trade Bradley to maybe get a you know a reliever or you know some you know couple guys down on the farm. But like I said, that's just me. That's why I'm not a GM. That's why you're not a GM. That's why Dave. That's why Dave Dombrowski is making all the moves. Actually, Jed, I have a hypothetical for you. Oh Lord. I know. Uh, see, but you know we're getting to the end of the show. Hypotheticals are getting pumped out. I mean, I did bring up Winnie the Pooh closing for the Red Sox, so I guess it's all fair game this week. This is true. Do you see Dave Dombrowski lasting more than two years as Red Sox GM? No. God. Okay. Okay. We're in the same boat there. Uh, okay. Chris Dale, David Price, those guys all outlast Dombrowski. Dombrowski did what he was set out to do. He showed up. He won a World Series. and Yep. And now he's content with it. And now he's content. Like, no, granted, I don't think any of us would have believed if you kept them basically the roster together, they would have been this bad. Like, I, I don't think we any of this saw this coming. But the way it's set up, I didn't even know Dombrowski was going to get a World Series ring because of the way he's depleted the farm system. It's just some of these guys finally stepped up and they did it. Um, I think this team is set up okay in the future, especially because they've started paying guys. Locking down Xander was huge. Chris Dale, David Price, those guys, you know, that, those are good signings. The last thing I want Dave Dombrowski to do is pay Mookie. If if he can pay Mookie, then I'm happy, and he can leave. That's fine, because then the next guy is going to help replenish the farm system. Dave Dombrowski's not going to fix the farm system. He doesn't know how to. No, he's he, never he, done that. Right, he's never had that reputation. He's always had the reputation for depleting farm systems, going after the veterans, and trying to set you up for a chance to, at a World Series. Now, granted, he did it in the past with like the Tigers and put them in a position where they were almost at a World Series. They didn't get there but he put them in that position. Obviously, with the Red Sox, we all know what happened last year. Now, I got one more question for you before we pretty much wrap up this week. Another hypothetical. Okay. I know. <laughs> what do you do with Rick Porcello come the trade deadline? Do you keep him for the whole year and hope that you make one more postseason run with him as your potential three or four, or do you trade him at the deadline no matter what? Um, that's tough. Because I, I think you and I are both in agreement he's not going to be here long term. Like he's, uh, he, he's gone after this year. Yeah, so I, you got to see where they're at on the deadline. I think if they're at all in the playoff hunt, you keep them and you go for it. Because um, the goal of this team isn't just to be there. The goal of this team is to repeat. And if this team can kind of figure it out, get some bullpen help, and get into the playoffs, I think they have a legitimate chance to repeat because they have the pieces that can do it. Like, it's the same team. Like, that's that's the thing. So does this you know, did they get to the playoffs? Yes. And if that's the case, then I think you want Rick Porcello because he hasn't been terrible this year. He's been bad. He hasn't been great, but he ha- he's been an okay three, three, four starter. And, and at that point you have guys at the top of the rotation of all these coming back. So it's just, you need to assess where you're at, but if you're at all in playoff contention, I, th- I think you have to keep them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to really say much more because I'm in agreement with you. Everybody should have known though, that this was going to be an off year for him. 2016, he wins to Cy Young. 2017, he takes about five steps back. 2018, he has a little bit better of a season. 2019, everybody should have expected that he was going to go downhill again. So, any any miscellaneous topics you want to throw out there? I think we covered them, man. We went one-off closers. We went my me being a dad. We talked about everything. So, um, I guess we'll leave it there. Al, Jared, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guys Sports. Please, please, for the love of everything. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.
Great review. Put us up there. If you like the show, that's awesome. Bravo to you for listening. Uh, pump us up there so more people can hear us. If you don't like the show, sorry. Just rate it and then leave. That's fine. That's okay, but too. That, that's all we need. Just tell everybody about okay. it. Okay. Uh, Coach Guys Sports, of course. Check out the great written content. The merch store is up as well. Kicking and flowing out content there, too. So go and buy something. Um, a lot of good stuff coming in the network. Just stay tuned. If you look at the growth chart that we've been popping out behind the scenes, me and Nick Wags, all of our writers, the curve's going up and to the right, folks. And if you know business at all, it's a good sign for Couch Guy Sports. Up and to the right. Big Al over there. Jared Scali here. Into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. Go Sox. We'll talk next week. Go Sox. Go Bruins. Whatever happened to predictability? The milkman, the paper boy, evening TV. Did I get delivered here? Somebody tell me, please. So what?